Hello, Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell listeners. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, said she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. Their food! What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. This worked amazingly for our dogs Shazam, Astro, and Brandy. We are noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat, just looking and acting younger. They love it. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to BadlandsFood.com forward slash Jimmy and Ron and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com forward slash Jimmy and Ron. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hey, hello, hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. Hope everybody is, is ready for Christmas. We're a weekend. What are we, like nine days off from Christmas? And I uh, hope everybody's in the holiday spirit. We are. Look at Ron, how pretty he looks. So before we get started, let me introduce everybody and say hi to the chat room. Starting off with my cool, outrageous man about town coast, Mr. Ron Russell. How do you do? It's so nice to be here today. <laughs> I flew in from Russia. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, we're getting into the holiday spirit. Christmas is here. We did a Hanukkah with friends. And whatever other holidays we're invited to, we're happy to go to their homes and celebrate whatever the holiday is. But mostly we love celebrating our holiday, which is Christmas. And we hope to keep it always Christmas uh, and not say we're not allowed to have Christmas because that wouldn't be fine. Everybody says you look gorgeous. Thank you. I would be very upset if they took Christmas away from me. 
Anyway, enough of that jazz. Let me say hi to everybody. So what's up, Pat Room? Uh, chat Room, Pat Room. I Pat, said I okay. said Pat Room because Pat Grant is in there from Canada. Hey, it's Pat, okay. how you doing? Okay. When I get to be your age, I'll be just as senile as you are. Backpack John is in the chat room. Backpack. How you doing? Woo-hoo. We have uh, Lady Lake Music. Cindy is in the chat room. We have uh, Angela Joseph is in the chat room. We have... Angie, baby. We have... Uh, B Claudia and B Claudia, B. Claudia. is B Claudia is now the the head of the Jimmy Ronsters fan club worldwide fan club. Oh, is that wonderful? And uh, we're going to too much. I we we that. have a Twitter, you guys. You can follow us at Jimmy Ronsters, J I M M Y R O N S T E R S, and we're going to soon have a website and a Facebook page. And on the website, we're going to sell merchandise, Jimmy and Star and Ron Russell merchandise, like your movies and shit too. We can sell on there. Oh please. <laughs> My movies. I'm I'm in them for like four minutes, five minutes. My <laughs> that's movies. okay. Your but I in our comic a, book, in our comic yeah, book. But I do have, and I won't mention the net. But I do have a movie coming up soon, as soon as they finish it and get it funded, where I'm the lead actor in the movie. So that'll be my first lead role in many, 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 many years, and I'm excited about it. And I think it's going to do a lot for my work because people will see that I can handle a full movie. And my character will be very interesting. I can assure you of that. We also have um, uh, Russell Emanuel. He's the I think he's the director of that new movie Staycation that Angela Joseph is working on. So hello, Russell. Welcome to hey, our Russell. Nice our name. chat room. And Pat Grant says she's having a blizzard in Canada, which I bet that means it's really freaking cold. Well, and they- Boomer Mays has joined us. What's up, Boomer? A professional football player. Good. Uh, New York is supposed to get a blizzard. Now I'm a little jealous because I loved being back there when I lived there and it snowed around Christmas time. Oh my God. I remember snow on the window ledge and the Christmas tree and the lights blinking. It was just a, a trip, a holiday. And I also remember one Christmas when my children were little, we had to open the doors and the windows because it was so damn hot to let a cool breeze come in. It was a, like a 70 degree Christmas and we were all so depressed. Which is no fun. Teresa Sabin just joined us too. Hey, Teresa, how are you? Teresa's in Florida, so she's probably got yeah, well, good I, weather. I didn't like Florida uh, Christmas Eve either. <laughs> I mean, no, it's true. It's true. People would come in, and if it was breezy out, they'd blow the balls off my trees. You know, the tingling-a-ling from the hot air coming in. And we would all swim and go to, up, go to the Boca Country Club and go to the pool and hang out there Christmas time. So, so B. Claudia says it's raining in Germany, and Pat Grant, Grant says you can't drive a car. You can only use a skidoo. What's a skidoo? It's like a snowmobile, I think. Oh, that's You can't get fun. around in a car. You know what? <laughs> we, a whole gang of us in January going skiing up to Big Bear. And I said, I don't ski. I mean, I used to ice skate, but of course I will never ice skate again because God forbid I fell, I'd break a hip. You know, at my age, 50, you break everything. Um, so I will drive a snowmobile. Ride a snowmobile. I don't know if that's exactly what a skidoo is, but well, I think that's kind of like what it is. I, that I would do because that's kind of safe. Yeah, Pat says yes. If I fell off a, a snowmobile, I'm in snow. What, it's so much happen? fun. Yeah, but I can't. And I'm a good ice skater. You know, I studied under John, uh, Bobby Denard, who skated with Sonia Henney and Dick Button. And I knew all those people years and years ago from Ice Capades, the show Ice Capades. And also I met, what's her name? The Dory Hamill, the camel. My friend Bobby Denard taught Dorothy Hamill the camel, which when she goes back and moves her arms, Bobby was very famous for teaching skaters to be feminine with their arms and to tell a story. Um, I wonder if Bobby is still with us. 
they said that she says that in in uh, in Canada they don't uh, they stop plowing the roads and so the only way you can get around is in a snowmobile. I think that would be fun for like a couple of hours and then I would be like ready to go. <laughs> well, well, you know what? Plowing in the snow could be fun. <laughs> and the pig comes out. <laughs> no, I never. You, you are filthy. Your mind interprets everything I say into sex because you're a frustrated old maid. I am not. So you guys, please follow Jimmy Ronsters on Twitter because uh, what's we, with the Ronsters? What is that like? Linda Ronstadt? What am I? Oh, no, like it's Ronsters. What's Ronsters? I love it. It's Jimmy Ronsters, not because you have to make something that fits that, that has both of us in it. You know, you only get fourteen letters. Yeah, but Jimmy and Ron, fabulous. That you would can't work. do that. No, you can't do it that way. That's not Jim, the name of a fan Jimmy class. and Ron star. I love good. it. I think it's all right, you guys. We got 15 followers now, so let's go. We need to get some followers on Twitter, everybody. It's like awesome. And uh, and I'm retweeting everything now, so it's fabulous. So And thanks so much, Beast of Superstar. We want to build this, the fan club up just like like the Backstreet Boys have. Or, or uh, who, who do you like? Uh I like everybody. Just what's the guy you like so much? Johnny Mathis. Yeah, like a Johnny Mathis fan club. How could you forget Johnny Mathis? I can't help it. I'm having a brain fart. That's like forgetting your own name. (laughs) I mean, Johnny Mathis is the ultimate singer in the world. Meanwhile, Johnny Mathis is like 80-something, and he's still doing, not concerts, but he's doing uh, TV, uh, this kind of thing. What is this, Skyping stuff? And he's singing up a storm. The man's voice is not what it was when he was young, of course, because it changes as you get old, as mine has. I used to sing well. Now I sound like a, a I don't know, a canary in a can. But anyway, uh, Johnny Mantis's voice is still pretty good. Why? Because he never strained it. He never sc- shouted. He didn't scream sing. He sung and, bre- and was breathing properly. So if you hear Johnny Mantis, meanwhile, I'm going to contact Johnny Mantis's people and I'm going to tell them that Johnny Mantis has got to listen to uh, Adia. Oh, uh, Saida Garrett. Saida Garrett's new song, I Wish You a Merry Christmas. I think Johnny should do the cover on that. It's definitely a Johnny Mantis song and you must go listen to it. It's uh, Aida. Saida, what, what Saida, Saida, there you go. Saida Garrett and uh, what was his name, Joseph? Ralph Johnson from Ralph Earth, Wind jo- and Fire. And Ralph Johnson of Earth, Wind and Fire. They have put out an, a Christmas song that is just absolutely gorgeous. I play it over and over and over again. It's a haunting melody. The lyrics are beautiful about snow on your nose and children and brightly packaged gifts it's such an up song we have a really good one today too from bill champlin from chicago he has a great christmas song yeah, but we can't hear it i know this is this is we must really talk to youtube or whoever it is who is it you can't talk to anybody well we got to talk to somebody because they're communists they cannot <laughs> block us from from singing. they don't want you making money from we're a not making money these people are coming on our show to sell their song how can we sell their song if nobody listens to it it's ridiculous stupid youtube get with it so anyway hang on because uh we want to say hi and make a couple highs real quick dave hughes has joined us in the chat room so has um rob saw has joined us tina davidson is in the chat room hey, hello tina, tina and stefan and um well, it's just it's filling up fast, you guys. Dave Hughes, you cannot miss our Christmas show. Yeah, Dave, I got all There'll the ladies you like on more here. More tits and ass on our Christmas show than ever seen before. 
So you could really have a holiday. Uh, we've invited so many gorgeous, glamorous new movie stars that are all our friends. So far, you guys, our Christmas show is going to be great. Uh, we've got Cindy Lady Lake coming on. We have Eileen coming on, Lorene Landon, Sadie Katz, Leon, Leland Squash, Scott Page, CeCe Hendricks, CeCe Peniston, and we're working on more. It's going to be a great show. A lot of stars are coming on, and you're going to see it. You know, and the girls are probably all trying to out cleavage each other. So, Dave Hughes, get ready. Yeah, Dave, you're going to like love it. And so, you guys, we have two guests today. We have uh, Bill Champlin, uh, formerly of Chicago. Great, great artist. Love Chicago. Um, um, and he's a great, uh, great solo artist. I've been listening to his music for the last three days. It's phenomenal. Then we have Maddie Namer from the FMs, who we've had on several times before. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I guess we're going to bring uh, uh, Bill on now because I hear I see he's in the chat room. So let's bring him on in. Chicago, I can't sing any of their songs because you have to have a group. <laughs> yeah. Hello. You can't sing a Chicago. I can't either because I forgot all the words. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can't sing a Chicago song without backup. It's not possible. Okay, so <laughs> I, I, Bill, before I introduce you. I always you, walk down the street with a three-piece horn section. It's just standard. <laughs> In your back pocket. I Meanwhile, I love Chicago. I, 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 one of my favorite groups. Hey, so guys, hold on. how are you doing? Good. How are you? So, uh, so before I introduce you, I have a question real quick because I went on your website. Everybody's website is billchamplin.com. And on your website, it says you have two Grammys. And then I went to the Grammy site and on the Grammy site, it says you have 13 nominations and three wins. So is it three wins or two wins? Who's right? Uh, no, I had, I had two nominations. I have two, actually one nomination, a couple. I, and I don't know. I just got a, a R and B song of the year. Uh, Writers Award for uh, After the Love is Gone on uh, in 1979 and Turn Your Love Around in 1981. We had we actually had Earth Wind and Fighter Ralph Johnson on last week, and then we had oh, man, two other Earth. We had Ralph on. We had Philip Bailey, and we had uh, I forgot the other we had one. Skyland. <laughs> anyway, so hold on. Let me make my official. We have everybody. Let me have my yeah. We have, we love we love you guys. All right, so everybody, now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. 13 Grammy nominee, three-time win win Grammy winner, Bill Champlin. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? We are <laughs> What's awesome. going on, you guys? Let me introduce you. Jimmy Ron, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of things about you guys, and some of it's actually good. <laughs> oh, see that? Exactly see that? I've always said that. I've always said, from bad comes good. <laughs> <laughs> so this is well, my... Ron, you got that one figured out. Thank you. I'm going to use that. Here I, am. I actually hey, told him to do that right. Well, it's going to be good eventually. It'll be right, right sooner or later. <laughs> so I actually told him we have four and a half million uh, uh, viewers that will be watching today when we did our little test earlier. And he said, do I owe any of them money? <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. So, 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 Bill, we have a we have a chat Wait a room. Minute. Not only do you sing, but you're a comic. I like that. You're a double. Out of, out of four and a half million people, I got to owe somebody something. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a chat room filled up with tons of people right now. We have it uh, looks like Australia, the UK, Canada. Canada, Germany, the United States uh, in the chat room. So say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hello. And then hey. we, have a, we have a brand new fan club that just got started today. And our fan club president is B. Claudia. So just say hi to B in the chat room. Who? Claudia? B. Claudia. B. Claudia. B. Claudia. Yeah. B. Claudia. What it be? What's happening? There you go. She's in Germany. That's where it came from. And, what it be, Claudia? <laughs> she's one of the biggest supporters of all of our guests. I mean, she really goes way out. 
Right. Why am I losing my voice? You know, I'm 80 years old. My voice is going. I'm getting like a grandpa voice. Like I used to have a very husky voice. Now I sound like I'm choking. Yeah. <laughs> no, when you get old, your voice goes. Did you know that? It, I used to well, sing. Uh, they, they've told me that was going to happen, but I mean, it, I don't know. Listen to the album. Tell me if it's gone. We're, so not, actually, it's not, no. we're not allowed. It's not. It's not. No, we can't listen to it on air, but we. I have been allowed. listening to Bill Champlin music, first of all, Chicago and Bill Champlin music for the last three days, knowing that you were coming on the show. So uh, first of all, everybody, you got to and we're going to talk about your new album in a minute, but everybody has to go to Spotify. Don't plug in Chicago, plug in J Bill Champlin and all his solo stuff comes up and and listen to it on Spotify. And I have to tell you, because these are my two favorites, just to let you know, of all the songs that were on there. One of them is called Got to Get Back to Love, uh, which actually you sound so phenomenal on. And another one's called Tonight Tonight. So everybody needs to go listen to all the songs. But those are the two Jimmy Starr picks. Do you go through? Do you uh, go through do those you, were all on. Uh, those were on. I think on my first two solo albums. No, they were on my second solo album. They were on the Runaway album. Phenomenal song. So I get back in love with. Um, actually, I didn't write that one. I just sang it. Uh, Tom Kelly was Tom Kelly and another guy, and I forget the other guy's name, but Tom Kelly was one of the writers. Tom's major writer. He, you know, and a really good singer too. Everybody you work with is now, major. Now, now, when you sing, do you go through filters and machinery to sound better? Because that's what everybody's doing nowadays. I mean, maybe if I sang through, I don't, I sing like Peggy Lee, but maybe if I went through equipment, I would sound like a man. But, <laughs> seriously. Do, do you, you know, it's true. Do you, Peggy you, Lee had a pretty cool set of pipes, man. She, she, she sang very I had, well. I had that very whispery voice like she did. And when I yeah. sang, I remember rehearsing one time in my house and the doorbell rang. Wait. <laughs> we'll go there later. And the doorbell rang, and I went to the door, and a parcel man brought a parcel. And he said, who is that singing? She's got a great voice. <laughs> and it was me singing. <laughs> so I just thanked him and closed the door. <clears throat> now, Ron impersonated Jane Russell. For years. Uh, the, the movie star Jane Russell, who he actually became really good friends that's, with later in life. Um, but he impersonated her in straight clubs back in the, like, 60s and 70s. Right, 60s, uh, 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. And yes, then I, and then I became a hundred. So he sang in like a woman's voice, and he, he he actually sang, not like drag queens do today. No, I sang yeah, live. He actually like sang in I his never, own voice. I never lip synced a record, never. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you if you have the you know if you have the enough music to get in tune and sing a song, like, go for it. You know why bother? I mean, it's like the TV show lip sync, all this lip sync stuff. Oh, he hates what? it. I hate it. <laughs> I call it lip. I call it lip stink. Yeah, Don't forget, back in, the, back, back in the back back in the 60s and 70s, drag queens had or female impersonators had to compete with hippies. Now, how do you compete with a hippie that's so way out and spangled and whatever? So, if you didn't have talent, if you weren't a dancer, a stripper, a singer, or some stripper, or, no, stripper, <laughs> no, no, I've had no some of the best. My best friends were strippers, and men could not believe that those strippers were men. And I had a bunch of rough guys from Brooklyn that came to one of our shows. And these are real, you know, wise guys. And one of our girls was working and he say, I would ball that. I don't give a crap what it is. He said, she's beautiful. <laughs> Actually, you know, I was, I was bald a couple of years ago. I, I was doing chemo for, I had, a, I had a little run with cancer. I was doing chemo. And man, it, it, four days after my first chemo, I went like this, just, you know, just to scratch my head or something. My hand looked like a mitten. I mean, yeah. when when it came when it came out, it came out quick. You know, it was over with. 
So we have we have. So what? You put a wig on and you did drag. Yeah, for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dave Hughes is in the chat room. He's in the UK. He said that you sung the TV show hit tune for In the Heat of the Night, and he loved that show. Actually, oh, you've cool. done so much stuff. Like, like I don't think before I started researching you, I I knew you were accomplished because you were with Chicago, but I had no idea. Actually, like you have so many accolades that have nothing to do with Chicago and they're like huge, huge accolades. So congratulations. Number one on a phenomenal career. Uh, number two, just to brag a little bit for you guys. So you guys, uh, three big hits of Chicago, hard habit to break, look away. And I don't want to live without your love. Uh, you did lead vocals on those. Uh, like I said, on the, uh, Grammy. Well, hard habit to break. It was a duet with, uh, Peter Cetera. Who's yes. got finest voices in the history of the world yes he does he's one really, of my, like, I mean, you, you, you hear three notes from peter and you know who it is he's one of those absolutely guys. actually yeah, though you have a that you have that going on too when you sing because i was like listening and 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 after i started listening to all your solo stuff like i was like what a recognizable voice so i think everybody's going to love the new album which you guys he has a brand new album it's coming I, out i want to interrupt the greatest singers of our time, Bing Crosby, we knew immediately. Frank Sinatra, immediately. Dean Martin, immediately. Johnny Manthus, immediately. So, you know, if... if Tony Bennett, boys, still slamming. No, Tony, Tony is still he's banging 90s, it out. He's 150 and he's still banging it out. So, <laughs> no, really. Oh, Tony, Tony's way old. I'm 80. He's way older than I am. I mean, Tony Bennett, ooh, he's got to be up near 90. And and he's, he's around 90 he, or, or late 80s at, at, at the very least. And he's, I don't know if anybody knows that, he's a really accomplished painter. I know that because you know why? He he, he had painted a, my house one time. I, you know, it was double scale. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no. I I met, met, I met, Tony's I probably going to get all over me. Shut up, champ. What do you mean? <laughs> I met Tony Bennett about a hundred years ago because they came from off of Steinway street in Astoria, he and his brother, John. And wow. I met them and I worked for John Bennett when John Bennett opened a beauty salon on Broadway in Astoria, Queens. And it was the John Bennett beauty salon. And I worked there, but I got fired because my mother, who was a socialist said, there's no unions there. And she went outside and started picketing my beauty parlor and wouldn't let my clients in. And John Bennett said, who's that crazy bitch out there? That's, <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's telling people don't break the scare. Don't be a scab. Don't break the line. I that's said, a classic I said, example I, of caught between a rock and I, a hard place. Wait a minute. I said, <laughs> I said that crazy bitch is my mother. He said, yeah. <laughs> he said, well, go and take your mother home and don't come back. <laughs> you talking. No, it's true. That must have felt like, what do I do now? <laughs> no, you know, I knew my mother's political beliefs. She fought for unions always. My father was a union delegate. So, of course, I mean, how do you put a union? Hey, I'm a member of three unions. I, I'm not really sure why anymore, but for some reason, I mean, I'm in AFTRA, I'm in SAG, and I'm in Musicians Union. You have to be if you're going to be in the biz. Well, after is, is was actually what we used to do when we were doing vocal dates. We would we would file all the stuff through after, which is American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Exactly. And then they merged with SAG, SAG which is Screen, yep. Screen Actors Guild. So now it's after SAG. So it's kind of one union, sort of. But there's <laughs> one union with two different sides. So, I mean, God, forget about it. And uh, and Musicians Union, which reminds me, I got to send him a check for next year's dues. 
<laughs> yeah, don't you love that? Oops. So hang on. Dues, dues for three unions. Like, wow, that's great. Uh, now I'm broke because I'm because I'm yeah. state member. Of no, the union unions are good as long as you're working. But SAG, I know SAG is a lot of money if we're not working. And Jimmy and I really don't make a lot of money. So SAG is SAG costs us more than we earn. Yeah. <laughs> So, so hold on. What's here's the, something. What's, what's the point? So here's something that Ron will like about you that I took off of your Wikipedia. I hope the information is correct. You have so many like accolades. Like I was like so impressed. I would loved it. But well, Wikipedia's got it. Uh, it's kind of fifty fifty. Sometimes they get them right. Sometimes they don't. You know. Okay, but did you actually do Last Broken Heart for Miami Vice and it's a duet with Patty Labelle? Because like that's oh! like that's like Ron's oh! favorite. We spent we, last week talking to her. We had Saida oh! Garrett. And the, last, the last unbroken, oh. last unbroken heart. With Gla- oh, last excuse, unbroken excuse heart. Excuse me, I must get down on the ground now and kneel and worship you. You <laughs> co-sang with Patty. Oh yeah. Go away. I hate you. I never want to speak to you again. Get you know, and I met her three years later, just I by was, mistake. Because <laughs> we did our she, we did our vocals at different times. It was at Jay Graydon's studio. Is she not the nicest woman in the world? Is she not the kindest, sweetest woman in the world? Well, he only met her three years later, so he didn't know. Well, he sang with her. Amazing, or I don't know about now, but when I met her, she was she had her own tour bus. It was at a I think we were in Dearborn's when I met her. Somebody says, "Hey, there's somebody you know down here." I said, "Who's that?" It's Patty Labelle. I came running out of my room, came downstairs, and met her. And she was cooking Italian food in her tour bus. I, I love it. I love it. And love it was it. as good as any Italian food I've ever had ever. She's a monstrous Italian cook. It's funny. You don't look Italian, but you know, she's a, she was a sweetie pie. She's a nice no, lady. she could look, she could look Sicilian, but no, she really, <laughs> she, she cooks everything. She bakes. You ever have her pies? Her blue, yeah. her, her co- cobble pie. It weighs about eight pounds. <laughs> They sell it at Walmart. It's oh my, awesome. Patty LaBelle is an incredible cook. I am so thrilled to know that. What what song did you sing with Patty? Last Unbroken Heart. Yeah, it was on the Miami Vice 2 album. And, Do I know uh, that song? I, we're going to listen to it after the show. Yeah, so we I'm, can de- hear it. I'm definitely going to listen to it. Like, I love it. Actually, the song was written by uh, Jay Gruska, Paul Gordon, and actually Joseph Williams. I love it. Uh, you know, uh, Joseph Williams is the lead singer of or, uh, the tenor singer in Toto now. Oh, yes. Wait, is it as good as on my own? Uh, you know, it's just another it's another song. My own was really, really cool. And they didn't meet until a couple of years after they did the record because they were both on different coasts. Michael and uh, and Patty. Michael's a my, I know I work with Michael a little more regularly. And uh, what a sweetie pie that guy is, Michael McDonald. I, 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 love could, him. I could tell. We love him. We love his yeah. voice. We love his. Yeah. He's got a raspy voice. Are you? Uh, hang on, hang on. Are you on a? Are you on a laptop or a desktop? I'm on a laptop. Can you like fold it down a little bit? We keep losing your chin. There we go. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, I got a couple. Of them. Which one would you like? <laughs> I know you know who he reminds me of. Somebody said, Man, that guy's got more chins than a Chinese phone book. (laughs) Wait, uh, did anybody ever tell you you look sort of like Peter O'Toole? I've been hearing that since I was a kid. I I get Tony Curtis forever. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But Peter O'Toole, yeah, you resemble Peter O'Toole. He was cool, boy. There was a guy that knew how to. Lift, lift a glass and empty it. <laughs> From what I understand, he was. Oh yeah. He hung out with with Richard Burton and all those other crazies, and just they were all pretty, pretty drunk, pretty serious drunks <laughs> at some level. No, Peter O'Toole. They really had to lock up before they shot a film 
because he would come on set sometimes polluted where he couldn't even function. So yeah. they had to bring him in a dressing room hours before the shot to make sure <laughs> he was sober. Imagine yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do this or don't you? The whole, the whole drinking thing for me, it's, it's been so many years since I stopped because I'd reach already reached my quota. God gives you a certain amount and wherever you were at, where, however old you are, when you've reached that quota, it's over at that point in the game. So I bailed in 85. I think I stopped drinking a long time ago. Good for you. Yeah, wow. You and that was like in the height of your like, oh, my God, I'm a superstar. Wait, I want to get. Well, it, it, no, I, I don't. You know, superstar didn't, didn't really mean much to me. I, I've always been. It's like somebody was saying the other day, what's the, what's the coolest thing you ever did? What best show you ever played? I said, I remember playing a We the People concert in, uh, I think it was 86 in Philadelphia, right at the bottom of those stairs that Rocky ran up. Yeah, we used to live around, there. And then there was a park. There's a they set up a big scaffolding stage. There were 500,000 people at this gig. Oh yeah. And uh, Grover Washington Jr. was opening for us, and and everybody, the guys, oh man, we play for 500,000 people, and we I managed to pull it off to where we got Grover to sit in on a song with us. So I had him right next to me, and I was going, well, yeah, I know there was 500,000 people, but I was playing with. Grover Washington Jr. <laughs> That's the thing I remember about the gig was Grover's tone was so beautiful. It was like great, to, great to. So I'm kind of, I kind of, I, I, the rock star thing didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Musician, another story. There you, know, you go. Okay, now listen. Kind of this, what I'm trying is, to bring to the ball game. This is a boring question, and it's a stupid, not stupid. It's a good question, but boring. But I'm going to ask you anyway. How did Chicago come about? How did you become Chicago? Well, they had a. They, they had a, a member of the band who passed away. Uh, it was a guitar player. And right after that, a couple of days after that, I got a call from their management who I was working with for my solo projects. And they said, Hey, Terry Kath has passed away. I said, Whoa, not so good. He said, we have, uh, uh, you want to take a shot at the gig? And I thought it was just a guitar gig. Now I do play guitar and I solo, uh, but not all night. And I'm not, I could, there's no way I could fit into that guy's shoes. Terry Kath was an innovator and one of the most monstrous guitar players. I could sing his stuff. You know, the songs that he sang, like make me smile, color my world. So on. But I just didn't, I didn't understand that was that they could get a sideman to really play the guitar stuff. What they needed was the guitars. Now, three or four years later, uh, I was working with Danny Serafin uh, and he, he was producing something for for a mutual friend of ours named uh, named Angelo. And he said, you know, uh, Angelo called me. He said, could you come in and do some backgrounds? And I was right in the middle of doing Rittenauer's, uh, uh, Lee Rittenauer's album, the Rit album, which I have another song on that called Is It You, which was kind of a big hit. And I did all the ba backgrounds on that one. But uh, I, and I was really tired. I'd been in the studio until God knows when all. And he says, I can't pay anything. It's just off the cuff. But, you know, I'd worked for him before, years before. And he said, uh, he, I said, well, I kind of copped an attitude. I said, man, I got a really bad cold, which I kind of did. And he said, you know, Pete said the same thing. I said, Pete, who's Pete? He said, Peter Cetera, but he's going to come in anyway. I said, I'll be there. Where's the studio? I mean, <laughs> so we worked up some background parts in the, you know, kind of real quietly in the, in the booth and went out and slammed them uh, on the mic. And we looked in the studio and everybody's jaw was on the floor. They went, whoa, what a blend. These guys blend great together. So, you know, within about a week, I got a call from Danny Serafin and said, uh, dude, let's, uh, 
you want to join the band? I said, well, I'm not really a side man. I don't really want to do this. He said, no, no, we want you as a full member of the band. There you and go. I kind of wanted, you know, I mean, I just had a record out, but I realized that the guy who signed me, the Runaway album, that actually contains those two tunes you were talking about. I love really. Yeah. Uh, that Runaway album was just coming out, but the guy who signed that album was Joe Smith, and he'd left the company. So there was really nobody there to support to support the record that, that was about to come out. So I kind of went, yeah, I, I think so. I'll, I'll take the gig. And so I went and met with the guys, and everybody was – you know, one guy was saying, hey, man, we've got to remember this is a family. And I went, well, it might be your family. For me, it's a musical project. And Satara went, there we go. That's talking. <laughs> We're in. <laughs> You're in the band. I mean, it just ended up kind of ended up falling into it. And I ended up staying in there. I think probably quite a few years. years. What, what, Pardon me? What, what 28 was, years, right? 28 years, yeah. Yeah. What was the first song that you sang with Chicago that was a hit? Oh, I'd say probably "Hard Habit to Break," and we, and we did it as a duet with both me and with me and Peter singing. I love uh, it, and then a lot of back, background vocals with a lot of different cats, and uh, and then. Uh, but the first really big hit I had with those guys, it was really me singing. It was a song called "Look Away." It's still one of the bigger songs. It's a great song, "Look Away." "Look Away" is a fabulous. Yeah, quite a few years later, and it's a Diane Warren song. Diane is just she. She. I think it was one of her first big power ballads. I love the power ballads and the yeah, fact but you that know, you that song, them. that song plays today. It's not called old fashioned at all. It plays well with today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like, love it. You know, most of I Chicago, still, I still do the tune, you know, no, no, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of groups, but uh, hard habit to break is probably one of Foster's coolest arrangements. I mean, I, I listen to it now and I still go, Whoa, this thing's a piece of work. And that was a Steve Kipner song. Yeah. But you haven't, uh, cause your voice hasn't aged like you haven't like aged like because your voice because I listened to all your soul stuff and I actually had a private link to listen to your uh, your new album that's coming out in January. Mm-hmm. Um, the new album is called Living for Love. The single is called Reason to Believe. It's I think the single comes out at the beginning of January and the album later on January. in January. Yeah, it's going to um, be the hangover release. <laughs> and then you guys, he's got for Christmas because Christmas is out. I didn't know you had a Christmas song until like right before we came on the show. I listened to it. It's called the best day of the year. And yeah, it is. Franklin, fabulous. Franklin McKay is the, is the writer and background singer and producer of that song. And he, and, and I'm a friend of his, he's, he, he lives in Toronto and he's just a really cool guy, very talented young man. And, uh, and he called me and he said, Hey man, you want to sing this? And I said, sure. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I forgot that I'd done it. You know, we <laughs> did it like last hang on, spring. Hang on, a, hang on a second, Jimmy. Yes. If he played that song in his home, they can't throw it off the, they can't kick us off the air. Yeah, they can. No, if he played. He, no, only if he sings it live. <laughs> no, 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 no. If he played his song, his Christmas song right now, and we heard it, they cannot say we played it. He's, doesn't make his, any difference. He's part of our. Yeah, but it's thing. his song. He has a right. <laughs> it doesn't it, 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 listen, it's his. Here's song. the thing. He doesn't understand. Quiet, and understand. Quiet, quiet. It doesn't work. I know. Listen, frig YouTube. We could screw them. Maybe. No. Listen. If he if he wants to sing his, he has permission to do whatever he wants on our show. We're unscripted and uncensored. If he wants. to just play that song. He can't. He can. It's his freaking song. It doesn't song. make any difference. We well, know you song, I, don't even, I don't even have a copy of the Christmas song. No, I don't know. I'm just saying. That I made, but you know, we talk. Copy I didn't have. And, and the rest of the stuff is all, if I went to go to get it on my laptop, I'd lose you guys. 
No, so it's I, it's I, I know that. One thing I don't want to do is if it works, don't fix it. <laughs> so here's story. the whole thing, no, which but, uh, Ron but, hasn't no, explained no. to you. What, what I feel that is so bad about all of this is you're kind enough to come on our show. And the least we could do is thank you by showing the world your, or listening your music. Now we're not able to do that. And that pisses me off. We really have got to get down to the bottom of this and tell YouTube if the, the person is the singer. Doesn't make owner, any difference. Shut up. I'm going to punch you with this mic. One minute. Ever see a co-host get beat up with a mic? Watch. Two more minutes is gone. I, we have to get to the bottom of this because I want to. There's hear, no rights. I want to. He's got the right. It doesn't make any difference if he's got the right. Here's what happened. Oh, okay. I don't here's know. the here's the thing. I know he wants to know because now you brought it up. So yeah. for the first 12 years that we were on the air, anybody who came on, we could play a music video and it would play, or we could play their song with them sitting there, and it was no problem. And we broadcast and we everywhere. We sold millions of copies for the guest. Now, because we're broadcasting live on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, you're not allowed to do that. I don't know if you've ever heard of the R&B singer John B., uh, but this is how we found out we can't do it. Yeah. But anyway, he's yeah. sold you know, millions, millions of records, and he had a brand-new hit that came out. Um, I think that was at the beginning of this year. He had a brand-new single, and we, we were playing his music video, and YouTube shut us down, meaning we lost – the whole they just cut us off and threw us off the air because we're not allowed to play it. Even though it was his song, he owns it and everything. You're not allowed to play like the rights. Even um Well, listen to this. Crazy. We have four and a half million people that watch our show. Please, all of you, contact YouTube and tell them <laughs> that you want to hear the music on our show. I think if that many people complain about it, we might get somewhere. No, you because won't. It's it has to do with money. Don't be negative, be positive. It has, it has to nothing do with money. To do with money. It's it does. You could get everybody's music for free all over the place. It's pirated. No, it's no. They pay for it when he streams on Spotify. He gets paid for that if he gets enough streams. I get I get paid point zero 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 uh, one quarter cent. Yeah, unlike wow. unlike. Uh, Don't yeah. spend it all in one. It's place. like fifteen thousand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 15, I'm ready. I'm ready for a uh, card game. We were talking about. Let's go, man. I'm packing right now. It's funny. <laughs> I got a check for five cents the other day. <laughs> and I went, hey man, I'm coming up in the world because nope. a month before I got a check for two cents. It cost them probably two dollars in secretarial fees and postage and, and so on and so right. forth to send me two cents. It's like I got. I think I got a nickel once because when I was on Charlie's Angels, their TV show about that thirty thousand years ago, and my last thing I think I got was like four cents or something. So yeah. I, put, I put it in the bank, hoping it would make interest. So I want to say to you, okay, so, so, uh, so thinking, man, I never thought of that. Let me put it in the bank. <laughs> oh, you froze. That's great. Usually I just hang them up, you know, take a magnet, stick them up on the refrigerator to remind myself how big I am. <laughs> That's hilarious. Exactly. So you guys, yeah, Bill, you, Bill, you, Bill so has a, you just made two cents. <laughs> yeah. Bill, ha Bill has an incredible musical family, you guys. So he works with, how do I pronounce your, my, your wife's name? Is it Tamara or Tamara? Tamara. Tamara. So he has a, and she's gorgeous, by the way. I Googled her. She's absolutely stunningly gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And, and they do a lot of work together. If you guys went to, well, we met, we met your son, Will, at the Think Experience uh, thing at NAM. Mm -hmm. And uh, we work with Scott Page and all those right. Think Experience people I all love the time. That experience. And, uh, 
And so your son is also a phenomenal musician and everybody, I don't know. He, if he was a, he was a nice guy. Too. And he was on the voice. You guys, I think he came in like third place or something on the voice. Which yeah, He was one of the finalists. Yeah. Yeah. He was phenomenal. Season so, five, I think is what it was. Season five. So that was phenomenal. And so you have a whole musical family. Now, did your wife work with you on the new album that's coming out? Absolutely. She and I co-wrote along with Bruce Geich, who sent us the track for that. Like we're talking about the single now. Uh, yeah. Reason to believe. believe. The track was sent to me by Bruce Geich, who's a guitar player. He's he's worked a lot with Richard Marks, co-written with Richard Marks. Shows up on a lot of a lot of things just as a guitarist. He's an insanely great guitar player. And and Tamara and I, either just she or just you know both of us have written songs with him for God twenty five years. We've known it. him for a long time. And he just said, you know, I mean, I mentioned to him as well. I'm thinking about doing a solo album, and he sent me this track. Just a track, just the just the, the the group, you know, without organ and without vocals or any melodies. And uh, and Tamara and I listened to the track and we were, where's the pencil? Where's the paper? We got to write this. So we wrote it immediately. I got a hold of Bruce and send me the send me the files so I can load this up and get it done. And then I went to my friend Carmen Grillo's house where my Hammond organ lives there. It's a bigger studio than I don't have that big a room for it. And, uh, and I put the organ on it, you know, after we did all the vocals on it, and we mixed it and mastered it. And there you have it. It's really, it. really a great piece. And uh, Tamara and I co-wrote it. And then on the on the vocals, it's all it's me and Tamara doing the vocals. We, she's on a good portion of the album singing. How did you meet her? I met her at a at a club. Somebody called uh, it's a club in uh yeah, you know, I had, there was a band playing, uh, David Boroff, which is, was a really cool sax player, had a band on regular Tuesday night band gig in Encino, California, at a club there, a place called Flying Jim. And he called me and says, hey, this girl's going to come sit in. you got to meet her. you gotta, you got to listen to her sing. So I went and listened to her sing. I went, oh, wow. And I just went up to her and said, wow. Uh, wow, wow, wow. Let's let's get together. You know, let's just you know write something or do something or you know. So I mean, eventually we were uh, we were you know we were an item, and then then we got married. I love it. We got married right right you know probably ten minutes after I joined Chicago. I mean, because I know the guys in the band. Some of the guys in the band were at the wedding. I love and it. That was in nineteen eighty one. Now, do you think that Chicago would have survived today in today's music? as well as it did back then? Hard to say. I think that when I joined, uh, I know Danny said, do you think David Foster? Because I just just finished doing a solo album with David, and I'd worked with David a lot. And David Foster, he's, he, at the time, he was uh, he was kind of just coming on as a, as a producer, just doing a lot of different things. And he said, do you think David would be a good producer for the band? I said, you bet your ass. He'd be great. You need to get in and, and rewrite a lot of stuff or start over. Because David's not gonna, you know, he's he's such a great, great producer, and I think I think me, you know, and this was in eighty one or eighty two. I think me being in the ball game uh, at that point of the game, and David being in the ball game, really brought him kind of up to what what music was doing at the moment, you know. And and David and Peter hit a hit a stride that couldn't quit. I mean, they were they were really writing good stuff. And I mean, it just, it ended up just really happening. Now I couldn't tell you. Do you listen to well, me? I've been gone for over 10 years, so I don't my, even know what they're doing. My, my question is really a part two. Part two, what do you think of today's music? Some of it's really good. Uh, it's uh, the thing that I kind of miss 
in a lot of the singing is that it's all been auto-tuned or, uh, or melodonic. Uh, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the real feel that are, that uh, a vocal performance might have sometimes gets produced out of it. You know, it's like you take the bark off the tree when you don't need to. And I think a lot of times you hear a really great vocal, but it's, it's just been fooled with so much. You kind of lose what that what that guy's why with this album. I did I did on my album this time, I did one thing that I really you know, I mean I'm a kind of a well-known background arranger and producer. And uh, and a lot of times, I mean for years I'd do a background date and then knock off a lead real quick. And I made sure that I did not do that this time, that I that I did the backgrounds and then come back the next day and do the leads, because it's a different hat. You're wearing a different hat to make that work. And I wanted to try to get the lead vocals to speak to the, you know, to really touch, touch the listener, you know, instead of just, Hey, here's another really good professional vocalist. And, and what, do you, what do you think of rap? <laughs> Ron doesn't like it. <laughs> I don't care. No. First time I heard a rap, a rap record, aside from some of the stuff, you know, James Brown did, which wasn't really rap, but he talked a lot. Uh, I, I kept thinking that the disc jockey was talking. I was waiting for the singer to come in. <laughs> that's exactly right that's exactly you know anybody can and, talk and, you know I, I think it's it's a real it's a really cool art form i've i saw a kid a high school kid that my son knew when he was in high school came over to the house and i just saw him just start flying just off the top of his head just started rapping and really cool i was just i was very impressed because he just he was rhyming everything was together it was all going in a certain direction he had a chorus i mean he it was cool there was something very cool about it I miss the melody. Yeah, but you can't fall in love with rap music. Oh, Ron likes the I, I like the drum, you part, the drum parts. You, know. you can't fall in love yeah. with rap. I music. mean, there's a lot of music out there that I don't particularly dig, but if there's something in it I do dig, I pay attention. So I have two so things I, for you, though, then, because I've got uh, somebody in the chat room wrote a question. Uh, they want to know if you, you worked on Saturday in the park. So I guess that must be a Chicago song they like a lot. Yeah, I love that song. Saturday, <laughs> you know, Saturday in the park. That's of course he big, knows it. <laughs> not, not, not Bill, you, you banana. <laughs> I know it's No, too. it was one of their biggest songs. Are you kidding? That's a Robert, that's a Robert Lamb tune. And they, they recorded Sunday that for long park. before I was in the band. Okay. Okay. So he's not on that one. Band. I came into the band on the 16th album. So they had 15 albums before I even knew of those guys. All right. Okay. Okay. So they, there's your answer to that one, Danny. And then no. But Chicago had a different kind of harmonizing. There was a sound that they had that nobody else had. It was kind. Of, I don't know what it was, but I remember well, in we, the early days they had their own sound. When when I got in there, and and actually right after Peter left, when Jason Chef got in there, we started to kind of shuts up the the background vocals, get the vocals to to sound just a little hipper than the normal thing. I mean, the, the minute I heard Take Six, I went, "Well, so much for the triad." Yeah, <laughs> I just. Oh yeah, I love Take Six. There's a way to there's a way to voice things out that, that to make them really kind of cool, really kind of more interesting. At least more interesting to keep my interest. You know what I mean? So it's just the same. It's kind of the same situation. But they've always always been. Good producers with Chicago at different times on different records. I think there's some points where in terms of, of really going to radio, I think at some points in their career, they've kind of lost their way a little bit. And I think that's one of the reasons David Foster was really good for the time. He might not have been good in the, in the early seventies or, or late sixties, but he was really, really good for, uh, for when he came in. I mean, it was just a, it was a different, whole different sound oh my god he's so good now do you, do you think the music of the seven sixties 60s and 70s was the best 
I think there's a lot of great stuff in those, you know, and what I was just speaking of before is a lot of the stuff now is just, it's produced one step too far. They clean things up. I mean, I, I, there's a friend of mine, uh, actually Jason chefs working with the band in, uh, in Nashville and it's so good, but it's almost too good. I mean, I call it, Hey, you going down to work on the perfect record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, and I know, perfect. I know what you, you mean. Jimmy Hendrix wasn't perfect. It was out of, it was a little out of tune, a little out of time at times. But he sells more records in a week than he did in his whole life. Well, there are just certain performers you can't put through the system, like who, who I love, the one that said she's never going to make a record again. Oh, he likes Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks said, uh, "We're never, I'm never going to make a record again because they're pirating everything I do. Now I'm only going to do live performances. Which we can't do now. If, which which <laughs> she's been quite well lately, by the way. She's kicking. Yeah, yes. I know, but she refuses to go through a system and her voice has really gotten very raspy. You know, she had those polyps on her vocals and stuff. She had many surgeries and it made her voice rough. And I love her voice, just like um, Tina Turner. Tina Turner doesn't have a voice. She's got a style, well, and her style Tina, is incredible. Tina's always had a little bit of a raspy thing going, which I actually, per personally, I like it. Me I think too. I think it's sexy. What an artist she turned out to be. My God. I'm not working with her. She's fabulous. Hang on, hang on. Stop, 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 stop. Hold it, hold it, hold your breath. You worked with her also? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, uh, 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 Olivia Newton John was doing a, uh, a TV special, and Lee Rittenauer was doing the music for it. And Lee called me in to help out with the vocals, to put the vocals together. And they were doing a version of Heartache Tonight, an Eagle song. Gonna be Heartache Tonight. Yes. That's, and, uh, and it was, uh, the, the singers were Tina Turner. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Olivia Newton John, Tina Turner. Tony Tennille and Peaches from Peaches and Herb. Oh, I love. Peaches. Oh, I love Peaches. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love Peaches. Well, we had oh, we kind of had to duct tape her her uh, her beads in her hair. She had some, some kind of cornrows with beads on it, and it was like getting in the microphone. It's like whoa, whoa, wait a minute, banging it. <laughs> Gonna have to pay her extra for a percussion double, you know. <laughs> right, but Tina Turner, my God, but Tina was great. Um, she she was just wonderful. You know, Actually, she, She's Two singers great. I liked the most in that quartet was Tina and uh, and Olivia. Olivia's a great singer. Yes. Well, Tina is doing well, by the way. You know, we thought we might have lost her a period back, and now yeah, I understand cool. she's doing well. God bless Tina Turner. Oh, great. Keep going, girl. Great. Keep, keep yeah, it going. looked like it was days away. It's kind of yeah, like but no, going. no. She somehow is a fighter, and she's good. And she's we need yeah. all the, all the, all the yeah, guys... What, all the guys in the chat room are talking about how they all had a crush on Olivia and John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was Grace, we watched Grease sweet, the other no, night. Sweet, really a sweet woman. I, I, I got along with her great. I wasn't scamming on trying to get in her pants like a lot of people were. <laughs> she yeah, kind of liked it. She's too bred. She liked that. She's too bred and butter. Sweet, uh, sweet lady, very real person, very, very nice woman. I really enjoyed working with her a lot. Right. I worked with Donna Summer and did a lot of stuff on Donna Summer's record too. Donna okay. was the one that said, "Bill, you're the best known unknown singer in the world." <laughs> Absolutely, that Donna. Is, I guess did, she she did three great songs and then she opened her mouth against gay people and lost a big audience. That was a big mistake. Donna did. 
Yeah, she became a Christian and she decided to yeah. say that homosexuality was uh, ungodly or something. And every gay guy in the women, you know, all gay people went crazy and they just said goodbye, Donna Summer. And she regretted that because it was, you don't do politics or religion with the audience. You lose people. And I don't know why well, she's sports. Everybody's doing, everybody's doing politics. And if you do politics, if you show that you're on one side or the other, whether you are or not. And, you know, if you if you start spouting it, you're going to lose 50 percent of your of your but, audience. Yep. But but she yep. she failed to realize that it was the gay people that made her. I mean, every gay bar, I mean, from Studio 54, where I went last dance, they played at the end of the night. Well, never was the end of the night there, but it was five o'clock, <laughs> five o'clock. <laughs> Five o'clock in the morning, they played Donna Summer's Last Dance. And every queen in the world would start screaming and running out there and stripping their clothes off and getting nuts from her. So the gay people made Donna Summer's. And I, I, well, I think in a lot of ways, you're probably right at some point. But I mean, you know, a lot of times when 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 you, you know, when you're born again, Christians have a tendency to overshoot the load a little bit, you know, especially. I think, I think so. Yeah, especially yeah. if it's if it's. Uh, uh, in the South, sometimes that it can be a little bit like really one-sided and uh, the wrong use of hairspray for my money. You know, I mean, I'm, I've, I've, I've written whole sides of albums going after TV preachers. It's like, you know, you, <laughs> you might be talking about God, but you're using so much hairspray, you're messing up the ozone layer. <laughs> I, I have a sister who said to me, why did you choose to be gay? And I said, because I was bored. But anyway, uh, you know, she's a born again Christian and I haven't spoken to her in maybe 25 years. Oh, so that's it's stupid. quite, it is sad because my sister and I were very close growing up, but yeah. the Lord, you know, to her condemns gay people and that's it. Well, whatever happened to tolerance? There you go. You don't have to Actually, believe I have a, it. There's no too. such thing as tolerance, not in polit politics today. Look at Not the anymore. Movie. That's what I mean. Where's the problem? What's the problem? What's the problem here? And you know, you start watching news, and and all you're going to get is opinion. Remember the days when when we were all watching Walter Cronkite, and Walter would go, "Man bites dog." He doesn't. He didn't tell you that the dog was a Democrat or a Republican. And for the end, <laughs> Actual facts. And then if they and and right at the end of the show, there'd be like four or five minutes, and they do an opinion piece with Eric Severide. Remember that? Yes, absolutely. Long ago, what happened to reading the news? I mean, I've, if I want to know what's going on in the United States, I try to go to BBC News. Yes, I'm going to get. Either, I'm going to get either. Well, this means great for the left, or this means great for the right, and. I'm sick of the whole mess. I mean, come on, guys. I am also. People. You know what? I'm 80 years old, and I said it's no longer my world. This world belongs to the young. And if the young want to be socialistic or if they want to be whatever they are, let them be it because this is their world, and they have to function in it. Me, I'm on my way out, and people my age are on our way out. We've had our time, and in our time, we were civilized. And if we had a, a a battle over Democrat Republican, it was never to the point of what it is today here in this country. No, no. So I live. Although you know, I read one time I read the uh, the, the really long book uh, McCullough wrote it. Uh, John Adams. I think they did a TV thing yes. about it. Yes. And they were they were just as nasty to each other then. I mean, John Adams was a real close friend with Je uh, Thomas Jefferson. And they didn't speak for like 40 years because they were both kind of on either different sides of the aisle. And, and 
And, you know, they finally had a couple of letters going back and forth the week that they passed away because they both passed away the same week. It took them that long to go, well, I really love you, man. <laughs> One of those kind of things. Yeah, but some of the dialogue between Biden and Trump really was nauseating for me to listen to because these are men who are supposedly intelligent and righteous and they're going to lead our country. And they were talking like kids, children, saying nasty things about each other. It's so unprofessional and so unpresidential. So I just don't look and I don't care. I have no opinion. I didn't vote because I didn't like either one of them. So I just said, you know what? Let the kids do it. Let the young people make the world. Stay away. I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. I mean, I've, you know, I have my own preferences about about government and how it should be, and I and I just really keep it to myself. I mean, I was, my dad was a was a uh, he was he was a politician at one point. He didn't do well. He was a Republican, uh, and and he was just saying, man, you know, when I started to run for, I think he was running for state senator in California and U.S. Congress, but it was in in Oakland where you know really the black vote was going to win everything no matter what right and but you know somebody had to run so he went ahead and did it for him he says the minute i put my name in the hat all of a sudden these guys came out of the woodwork that were pond scum <laughs> you know uh, uh consultants does the word consultants i think there's just too there are too damn many consultants you know i mean come on i don't think that money's for local elections look what's going on in in uh in uh georgia right now it's insane yes there's so much money being put into this thing from outside of georgia i don't think it, there should be a law saying no monies for campaigns in any state without being generated in that state and i think that would solve things i mean just in the last maybe eight years the amount of money going into to, uh, campaigns ridiculous it used to be a million bucks you know, you'd hear about it four or five months before the, you know, there'd be stuff. But now, I mean, somebody gets in and, the, and they're already fighting it out over the next the, the next election four years down the line. Yeah, well, some idiot wrote on my Facebook page a while back. He said, Ron Russell, you are a privileged white person. So I wrote back, yes, I'm very privileged. I was born in Red Hook Projects in Brooklyn. My parents were on welfare. I was very privileged. I lived in Astoria, Queens, in an old house that didn't have steam heat or hot water. I had to boil the water in a spaghetti pot, throw it in a bathtub, add some cold water, and take a bath in two inches of water. I was very privileged. But how about Trump and Biden? They're white privileged people, and how come you're not calling out them? Why do you pick on me? <laughs> I mean, I don't have six hundred billion dollars like <laughs> like Biden does, or the trillion dollars that Trump has. So call well, kind of six hundred billion dollars, people. How does a guy who's been working for the government for regular, you know, whatever the, you know, since he was what twenty one? $178,000 a year. Yeah, but we can't go yeah. there. We're going to get in trouble. How, do, how does that turn into $600 million without uh, selling? It, it, they play Monopoly and they went, you know, the, don't pass, go. So on, let's so, go out of this yeah, conversation. Get, we're we get, get in trouble with politics. We get in trouble. Hey, listen, we can go to religion next. I want to make one final statement, and Bill, you're going to agree with me. Yes, sir. Some of the most wonderful, fabulous people that I truly do love are black people. Uh, no one should generalize and base uh, 
black people as criminal. Yes, there are criminal black people, but there are criminal, criminal white everything. people and criminal Asian people and criminal every fucking people. So, you know, but I mean, like we have the most dearest, wonderful black friends in the music business. And I, I mean, I love them. Johnny Mantis is like my dearest. Johnny Mantis is his favorite singer and, and, of all and, time. Yeah, and I know. I know. How about this one for uh, Friends in Love with Johnny Mathis and Dionne oh, Warwick? Love it. Yeah. We've had. I, we wrote, had... I, co I co wrote that song and, and was involved in the background vocals. You, 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 so you know Johnny also? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a long time. We don't really hang out in the same circle. And I don't I don't even know if he lives here. He but we both grew up in San Francisco, Bay Area. No, no, he he lives up on Sunset Drive. I think if he's still oh, cool. his house went you know, on fire. His, his house went on fire a while back. You know, he said something to me very interesting. I love it. He said Diana Ross built a house like right in front of his to block his view. <laughs> uh oh, he Di froze. He, Diana Ross and Johnny don't get along, I don't think. He froze. See that? I don't know. Uh, hey, Bill, say something. Can we hear you? What happened? They sensed what he was saying. No. Hey, uh, Rebel, what happened to him? Maybe take him out and bring him back or something. There we go. Hey, what's up, everybody? He's coming back. I think we have a wife. He has a Wi-Fi problem, maybe. So what's up, chat room? I hope you guys are having fun. And I can't keep pay attention because it's going so fast in the chat room and there's so many things uh, going on. Um. Oh, he says talk about food. I'm hungry. No, we're not talking about food. And um. Uh, what? Oh, there's so many things. It says he's. Oh, I wrote he's frozen. Okay. Anyway, you guys, I hope you guys are enjoying this. Bill Champlin is a superstar in his own right. I hope they didn't censor us like they do in in Russia, communism stuff. <laughs> I really mean, I'm scared stiff. They say it's, they love your sweater. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not a sweater. It's a cotton uh, cardigan. Cardigan. Uh, sweater i believe is knitted crocheted or knit wool or some crap anyway yeah it's cold it's chilly in here we have the ac on because of the hot lights and i get chilly you know it's very cold in palm springs it's like 50 which is cold for us hey bill what happened okay jump back on okay bye <laughs> that's funny he was calling me keep talking Okay, so yeah, so it's cold here in Palm Springs. You know, the climate has changed. Um, in the summertime, we get 120, and in the winter, we get 42, which is a big, big desert change. But if you know the desert, you know the desert's hot in the day but cold at night. And we like that in the summer months because we could sleep with a window open and without a blanket. But in the wintertime, you close the windows and you, wear, and you do blankets, and we put the heat on in this house. Uh, many a night. It's cold here. So don't think that Palm Springs is like Florida. It is not. Uh, our guest is really cool. He's really nice. Politics, you know, everybody has a, a, their own opinion. And my opinion was, um, I don't know. I don't understand it. It's very difficult for me to uh, understand what's going on because I've lived a different world. I lived 80 years in, an, in a world that's now changing. And change is difficult for older people because we're set in our ways. I mean, I still miss, you know, my 1963 Thunderbird red convertible. There you go. I've had so many cars, you know, and my Thunderbird just yeah. keeps coming back. It's the most wonderful car I've ever owned. Hey, he's back. Uh, sorry about that. My since since all these fires in California, somehow internet Wi-Fi just kind of stops and starts, and I got a 5G machine right on a right outside of my house 
which kind of I don't even want to go into what that's about. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I still I still get real problems with Wi-Fi. So sorry, you guys. I'm that's OK. I, I so, that, you know, we no, I thought they censored you. <laughs> we had we had a uh, it could be. We actually I had a lot of times when they should. <laughs> we had Dion Warwick on the show last year, which yeah. is very cool. And so. um She's a sweet uh, lady. Like oh, she was wonderful. She was flying all over the joint. I mean, she was having a good time. We had a great yeah. time with her, though. She so, was okay. happy. She oh, was shit. Happy. My light went out. So I have a question for you. Let's go. Listen. Think uh, like we were talking before um, about the music today. Like, are there any artists today that you like? Oh, my gosh. I really like would like this person or I listen to this person um, or what kind of music? Like if you were just sitting around, would you listen to? Well, you know, I hear an occasional song here and there. My wife keeps Tamara kind of keeps a little more on top of what the the new music's all about, and my son Will does also. I'm kind of kind of locked into my own my own group. There's there's some cool stuff going on. There's a band called Backs. Uh, what is it called? Fallout Boy. Yeah. That singer has got iron pipes. I mean, I've, I saw shows about almost a two hour show on television and this guy was right in the right in the hard range and he stayed right in tune on the you know on the case for the whole for the whole set really good singer in tune uh you know it's a little it's not exactly my kind of music i mean in a lot of ways you don't hear r&b the way it used to be i'm a giant stevie wonder fan you know donny hathaway all of, all of you know the major cats and i understand stevie might be feeling better lately Yes, I heard so, that too. Hey, I just want to remind you while while we got this Wi-Fi, that that the the digital uh, release of this of this album is going to be probably mid January. But if anybody's interested in uh, in uh, uh, you know CD, we're going to do that for, on our on our website. So it's billchamplin.com forward slash shop. And uh, and we're gonna have that. Tamara's kind of getting that all together right now. The discs are being made at Disc Makers as we speak. So and the cover on the on the CD is just ridiculous. It's a a great artist. Uh, actually, he paints. He's in. He lives in Maui. But he doesn't do dolphins. He doesn't do island art, which gets really old really quick. But he's just he's as good as it gets. A guy named Vladimir Kush. And we saw a a piece of uh, a piece of work that he'd done. We actually bought the painting or bought the print and uh and and licensed it for the for the album cover and it's just beautiful i mean somebody said you're gonna do a are you gonna do a uh an lp and i'm going man just think of what the cover looked like then so you know, one I, thing about that too then you should tell people so you guys if you go to billchamplin.com he's you can buy a regular version you can also get an autographed version and he's got autographed versions of all other kinds of what? things that you can get uh, on oh, billchamplin.com and you can also follow him on uh, Twitter, he's at Bill Champlin. It's B I L L C H A M P L I N. Which you got to follow me back. <laughs> you know, I got a Twitter account. I don't think I've ever been been on it, but I know I know the guys that uh, <laughs> the guys at uh, uh, Imagine Records have been really really cool. There's three. Of, I mean, the the owner basically is Bob Weingard. He's a monster. He's a wonderful guy. And uh, and uh, Steve Nathan and Shauna O'Donnell. Shauna's just one of the you know she's. She's burning, man. She's got me talking to a lot of people. We're really trying to make this record happen a little more than, I mean, I've done solo albums before and I usually get a Japanese deal or a Swedish deal, but this is the first one that I've, I've believed in enough to really go after and really try to 
trying Actually, to make it happen. I want to give a shout out to Shauna too because Shauna set this interview up. So Shauna, thank you so much. Oh, uh, you're fabulous. Movie. You're fabulous. So we want to thank you for that. So we're gonna run out of time. We have about three minutes left, three or four minutes. So so uh, let's say a bucket perfect, list. Perfect amount of time to play a song. Yeah. <laughs> No, you have, yeah, well, don't piss me off because we can't. <laughs> Just yanking so, your chain. So let's say, let's say a I know that, but it's so fucking horrible. I can't deal with it. I'm going I'm to I'm write YouTube. I'm, I Somehow I'll find some son of a bitch that there. Oh, somebody had to take it off so they'll put it back on. So anyway. You come down with one artist saying, hey, man, you, you can't do this. And then they, and they turned around and went, well, wait a minute, you know. We can't do this with anybody. I mean, I don't know how any any of these rules come down. I don't know how any of these laws come down. But somehow, somewhere along the line, they came down. Like Lenny Bruce said, well, you know, you got eat in area A, sleep in area B, throw a crap in area C, you know, <laughs> which is a great thing. He says, somebody threw a crap in area B, so consequently, we have police. <laughs> Yeah, but let, Lenny, Lenny Bruce put a few words in between those sentences. I, so loved, Lenny, I loved Lenny Bruce. Did but you see Vince Mizell? I loved him. I used to go see him all the time on Long Island at the San Susi Club on Long Island. Yeah, I saw him at actually the off Broadway in San Francisco. I mean, I, I had a fake ID in the whole thing, and it was and they arrested him. They arrested him two hundred and eighteen times or something. Did you watch Miss Mizell? Well, I didn't. Fox was out doing I, shows. I, I he wasn't getting. Nobody touched him. I didn't need fake ID. I was about 21 or 22. What about Miss My? Do you ever see that show? I don't know. It's Miss Maisel on uh, Amazon Prime. No. You have to watch it. It's about like a oh, comedian. Oh, you know, I've, I've seen it. I just haven't, I haven't put you it up. You should totally watch The first two seasons are excellent. Then it got a little shitty, but the first two seasons were excellent. And it was hey, really, if I were, you know, if I were doing a show, I mean, even The Sopranos, as great as that show was, after a little while, it just it was, you know, well, let's jump the shark. <laughs> I know. I can't I can't get past almost every show. I After two seasons, I'm like kind of like done, even though they have like 10 seasons. Like it, it always gets boring to me after that. There was, one, there was one on Amazon Prime, and I forget the name of it always. Uh, but Billy Bob Thornton was was in. Oh it. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Billy Bob, good old pa Billy Power Bob. or something or. Uh... Yeah, yeah, it was something. I don't think it was Power. I can't remember what it was called. Something but, uh, like that. Yeah, it was about a, a really kind of a, a crazed lawyer whose office is in a in a hotel next to a bar. Yeah, <laughs> but I saw he's really that good. You know, he knows his way around. So, so a couple of seasons, two or three seasons of that, I was like, yeah, that's good. And I think they just canceled them. You know, they're I not going to do I it. I met Billy Bob with Angie, Angelina Jolie, who used to be Angie Voigt, who grew up with my daughter Deirdre when we lived in Beverly Hills. And oh, cool. I ran into Angie, and he's much nicer looking in person. I was very impressed at how good looking he is in person. He doesn't film well, but he's a good looking guy. Well, he's, he's one of those actors that has a way of looking like anything they want him to look like. I mean, there's, yeah. there's some... Some uh, female, I mean, Kate Blanchett's one of those. She can look yes. absolutely gorgeous or, or look or, or horrible. Betty Davis was yeah. that way. Betty could be, could be a a beast or or pretty. She never was a beauty, yeah. but she was pretty. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's, it's just uh, it's just I always look at that as being well. That's a really good actor that can look like somebody else. You know, I mean, I was watching. Uh, I'd seen the movie before, but I was watching Hoffa with Jack Nicholson. Yes. Oh yeah, we saw that. And man, he looked like, you know, it was Jimmy Hoffa. He managed to, he studied him enough to really get all the mannerisms in the face and the yeah. haircut, the hair the same way. Yeah. It, it was, was Goliath. It was, 
who freaked me out was the guy that played Winston Churchill. Oh my God, I had no uh, idea. John Oldham. Yeah. Uh, What's his name? Gary Oldham. Billy, and he played Winston. I swore it was Winston Churchill. The makeup, the rubber, whatever they put on his face, it was scary. That's funny. Uh, today, an actor has to really be um, have many, many faces. You can't be the same because people just throw you aside. Well, you know, a few got to be who they are. You know what I mean? The Rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson. He's gonna always be who he is. Yeah, he's always no matter what him. movie he's in, and it gets along with it great. There, but there's a the, the guys that really knock me out. I mean, I mean, I look at Gene Hackman. Man, he can play. He does comedy. I mean, God, was he great as Lex Luthor in the Superman movies? And then he turns around and he's you know, there's just and and Gary Oldman is uh, he's a giant. Yes, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, remember Sid and Nancy? That was Gary Oldman. Yes. Yep. No. Man. Today. That's why most of the female stars change hair color in movies. They're redheads, they're blondes, they're brunettes, because they want to bring a different look to the character. Years yeah. ago, Betty Davis played Betty Davis. Cary Grant played Cary Grant. They never yeah. left their character. They were the same people in every film. But yeah. now you have to be more, as the word is, diversified in acting as well. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an actor that does that. I played cops, priests, mafia guys, and I always yeah. change character. And look. Yeah, and and that's in a lot of ways it really shows off how good you are at this. You know well, what I mean? No, I mean, I've, I've never been that much into acting or anything, but I mean, lately, when I'm, I mean, first of all, we're locked down in right. California more than more than just about anywhere. California, New York, or just we're in Palm crazy. Springs. We're in Palm Springs. Oh, cool. But you know, there, you know, there's not much to do, so I ended up watching a lot of a lot of TV, watching a lot of movies and stuff like that, and and it always just blows my mind. It's really cool to see somebody that looked like and acted and, and did a whole other person in the last movie you saw, and then you see him in this movie, and you go, "Wow, that's a different guy." The best. I, I just look at it as like listening to Miles Davis play a solo. I'm just going, "This is the, the, the acting is a it's a major art form, and people people do it really well." The best job was Kelly, the newspaper reporter. That movie, what was it called? Oh, Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly. Charlie Theron. Charlie Theron became Megan Kelly, the reporter. Oh, yeah. You, have you seen that film? No, she I haven't. Oh, you must it. see it. It's politically correct. You will love it. You yeah. must see that film. Charlie Theron is another one of those. She's really, really good. She's, you know, Who, she did a, a a Mad Max movie. Yeah, it was awesome. Who kind of bald? A lot of people went out. It's not. It's not supposed to be a girl. Missing an arm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold hold, hold it again. Hold. You. You met Charlize Theron. No, he's just talking about a movie. Oh, I thought you met her. I really hate. I'm just a fan. I I hate you enough as it is. Another movie she did was Atomic Blonde. That's a whole other person than the person great there. soundtrack we had uh james faulkner plays like the the boss guy her boss guy in that and he was a friend of ours who was on the show and that has that movie atomic bond had a great 80s soundtrack it yeah. was awesome yeah. i love a lot of best with- mode and stuff like that in there it was really kind of cool guardians of the galaxy also you know has what? great 80s soundtracks I ask, I ask <laughs> yeah tell me about it funny movie I, yes I, I asked this question to a lot of the groups that come on from my era whatever happened to country joe and the fish <laughs> Well, Barry, Barry what still plays a lot. Barry Melton—that's uh, I guess who they call the fish. I don't know what Joe's up to, but Barry, I've—I've I've actually played with Barry once or twice. He still works a lot. I'm so he's happy. He's a lawyer. That. He's an attorney. 
And, really? Uh, still a good musician, and I think he's a great guitar player. I mean, I get along. I, I loved their music as a kid, kid as a middle-aged man. I enjoyed Country Joe and the Fish. She was fun. Yeah. Fun group. Actually, hardly people that come well. on don't know who they are. So. <laughs> no, but I'm glad they're well. I'm glad they're, they're still alive and well. That makes me feel yeah. good. Now, Barry's, Barry's doing well. I don't know what Joe's up to, but Barry's kicking, kicking, kicking ass. He's doing great. Good boy. Good for him. So do you have a, a bucket list like you've worked with? Because on your Wikipedia, you basically work or sung backup or written a song with for like almost everybody. Is there anybody on a bucket list like, oh, my gosh, there's like one person that I would really like to work with that I haven't had an opportunity to work with yet? Is there anybody? Do you have a bucket list of somebody that you think would be fun to work with that you haven't worked with? I think most of them I have. I mean, I haven't worked directly with Stevie Wonder, but I've I've sung on numerous songs of his. That's so cool. Uh, you know, Lee Rittenauer put out an album and had me do a version of uh, Isn't She Lovely, which was really fun. And Foster arranged it and played on it. And both Precaros played on it, Mike and Jeff. Both, both of whom are no longer with us. Did you do uh, anything on Lately? Lately's like she, my favorite Stevie Wonder song. No, I didn't do anything on that. I, I, I haven't been on his records, but I've been on covers of his songs. Oh, okay. Okay. Just, just he's, you know, I, you know, I don't know if, if I would ever work with him, but I certainly, I mean, there's a song on the album called, on my album called A Stevie Song, which uh, it's, it's about Stevie Wonder, basically. I love know? it. In the chat it's, room, they're, in the chat room, they're asking, like, what do you think about, like, all the singing shows? I know your son was one of them, but in general, what do you think about, like, The Voice or American Idol or any of those shows? Is it something that you think is good for the industry or not so good? Well, you know, a friend of mine uh, was the producer and one of the, one of the judges on Swedish Idol and Swedish uh, X Factor. And he said, he said, There's the, the music business is so devastated right now. It's the only way singers can get heard. Okay. It's the only way people can get any visibility. So in that sense, it's great. You know, I mean, there's been a handful of people that came out of mostly out of American Idol that were, you know, really, really good and still swinging hard, you know, uh, uh, not quite so much with the voice. The voice was really good. Will I mean the band on the voice is smoking. Good band. Yes. Uh, and they're I think their production's in a, in some ways even a little bit cooler than uh, than what American Idol is. But for the most part, when I originally before Will got on these things, I started going to the, going to see him once a week for how many weeks he was on. I I'd, I'd look at it and I go, it's not about the winners, it's about the losers. That's what they're selling to the audience is is watching somebody be well you you're horrible i mean that's what you know the what's his name uh, uh simon cowell he, yeah. I mean, he he had a way of just being so what's the word for it just they're not very polite yeah. <laughs> on any level you know and he just being a, a creep. that's what people were watching to see yes if he was going to be a creep or not negative yeah. negative listen we get fans that say i love when you and jimmy fight so every time Jimmy and I are on the air, we fight, but we're really not fighting. We just do it to make everybody happy. So, you know, fighting is in. <laughs> you know, so listen, I want to add, I want I want to ask you a ridiculous, way out insane question. Now it's going to floor you. What do you think of Barbara Streisand's voice? Oh, first time I heard her was before she was really well known. My mom was a big fan. And I think she'd just done some stuff on Broadway. And I think Barbara was the name of the album. Yes. And uh, right. it's just insane. You know, it was just insane. 
saying I've I've worked for Barbara also. We've we worked together on one thing. Yeah, she's a bitch. I heard. Is it true? Uh, I I wouldn't know that. I didn't. You know. I mean, there was one point we had. This is sort of an inside joke. We had a background group to sing on some stuff. It was the Wet album that she did. Right. It was right on the heels of that record that she did with Donna Summer, where they did uh, Enough Is yeah. Enough. And uh, I think that was the title of the song. But yes. but. You know, Bobby Kimball was going to be in the background. It was going to be me, Tom Kelly, and Bobby Kimball. And Bobby was late for the session. And we were doing this sort of uh, kind of a uh, a prelude of doing some back, nice background vocals on this prelude that Foster had written. It was mostly a piano-driven thing. And then, boom, splish, splash, I was taking a bath. She did that song. So we before Bobby showed up, I was going, I need three voices to do this. I don't have a lot of tracks. So I said, Barbara, you feel like singing backgrounds? And she said, sure. And she she took her notes. She Her intonation was great. Her stopping and starting the note. I mean, she she's a very good musician. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and she uh, she was great. And I said, hey, we're going to. And at the time we had a we had a joke about about the name of our background group. We called ourselves the Drambuie Dildos. Because we played it, it just sort of ended up being this funny thing. And I said, Barbara, you're an honorary member of the Drambuidos. She didn't get it. And John Peters, when she was with John John Peters, and both of them, you could see the hair in the back of her neck, said, what'd you call me? I said, no, 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 no. And David Foster's going, oh, shit, what now? You and your mouth, you know. And I explained to her, I said, actually, it was a compliment. This is a joke name we have for ourselves, you know. I'm, and she good, ended up being great. And, and at the end of it, she says, hey, man, have Bill knock off a couple of raves on the end that I can rip, <laughs> which I did. I just sang them in falsetto and bang, banged off a few raves. I love she, that. Really a good singer. I think the, her version of uh, uh, Some Somewhere, the, yes. the Leonard Bernstein. Uh, Beautiful. Oh, Foster killed it. She killed it. It was just gorgeous. Lainey Kazan is a very dear friend of mine. You know who Lainey I is? I loved her singing when well, she was. She's even a better human being as an actress. Lainey told me, it's a public story, so I can say it. Lainey was Barbara's understudy in Funny Girl. And one night, Barbara was ill. And Lainey's mother went and called the press and said that Lainey was going to appear that night in Funny Girl. Well, Barbara got wind of it and she went on. And Lainey looked like a jerk because all the press was there to review Laney. So Laney said to me, Barbara is just not a nice person. They don't care for each other. So I got a lot of uh, Barbara Streisand stories from Laney Kazan. Laney will probably kill me. Laney, Laney Kazan go. was great. She was a great jazz singer for, for a she's long time. She still is. She's fabulous. Yeah, she's fabulous. And, and I, I loved her in, uh, believe it or not, Don't she's Mess just, With the Zohan. Yes, I love that. I love that movie. But wait, Crazy Lainey, movie. And she was wonderful in that movie. Wait, very funny. Lainey Kazan has an album out, Body and Soul. And nobody has ever sung Body and Soul better than Lainey Kazan. I listen yeah, to it constantly. I, and a great person. I love her to death. So anyway, she hang on, you guys. Seems like she's got a major sense of humor. It looks like she's a fun hang. You know what I mean? She is very funny in person. She's got that Jewish Brooklyn humor, which I have, which is very given because if you're raised in Brooklyn, you have this wonderful accent. And Lainey is just one of the most super people in the world. 
So anyway, yeah. Bill, we have to say goodbye because we have yeah. another guest coming in. But we want everybody to first of all, you guys go oh, to Bill Chaplin. Like that is it? <laughs> Let me see. Let me what take. Is, oh no, I'm just yanking your chest. Billchamplin.com, you guys. The new album coming out is called "Living for Love." The single that's coming out on the first is "Reason to Believe." Please support him. He's fabulous. We want to thank you and congratulations on all and your success. Thank, thank you for visiting with us. It was such fun. You guys are fun hanging with you. You guys are out of your minds yeah. and, uh, and just. Good. You know, I, I kind of had a feeling, you know, when I talked to Jimmy earlier, I kind of had a feeling we're going into the mischievous room. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Yes, we you tell guys are it. having too much fun and I want you to stop it right now. No, we tell it like it is and we say the things that you think but are afraid to say. That's why we are number one in the world. Did you know we're twice, two years in a row, the number one web uh, show? Web show? Yeah. We love I, it. I like Congratulations. So thank you so much, Bill. You like rock, and we'll see you soon. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks for hanging with me. Uh See, Have a Merry Christmas and a fun 21. All righty. Bye-bye. We'll we'll see you again. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Now we're going to bring in our next guest, Maddie Namer. Let's go. Rock and roll, baby. Hi. Hey. Oh, my gosh. You look normal. (laughs) (laughs) This is normal for you guys. All right. (laughs) <laughs> no, last time we had you on, you had a pink wig, and so I thought maybe you were going to have the pink wig and the skirt on. Uh, well, today. Yeah. Last time I was on, I was at a um, in a mansion in New Orleans, like a, a wonderful, kinky sex party mansion in New Orleans. <laughs> yes, I remember, and it was and, awesome. Uh, this this time I'm uh, just you know sitting alone in a hotel room, you know, as there's a crazy giant snowstorm in New York City, and everyone's sick, and you know just. Uh, Come a long way in a year, right? Absolutely. Wait, are you are you in New York right now? Yeah, I'm in the city. How much snow is there in Manhattan? There's like just I was just outside a moment ago to get my uh, you know um, daily dose of sunshine for like an hour. <laughs> how, much, how much snow is there? There's just like little wisps so far, but I think tonight gonna be like the big dumping. Yes, I think so, too. So, everybody, now we want to welcome back to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the incredibly talented and super cool Maddie Namer from the FM's fucking rock star. Hello. Welcome back to the show. We're happy to have you. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm I'm so happy to be back with you guys doing this show. So much fun. This is the, this is the third time I've uh, done it, I think. That's right. And, and uh, the, the first time was a few years ago. Yes. When we so, lived in Pennsylvania the first time. When we yeah. came and saw you guys play, actually, at the Bowery, I think. And we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is remarkable. It's shocking. We're so you know, here. So you know, Ron and I, we have a chat room filled with people. Say hi yes, to everybody in the I chat remember, room. Hello, everyone. Okay. Wait, wait, refreshing my memory. Is this the band that were banging on the garbage pails for drums? No. What band was that? Actually, that was Revolution. Revolution. They didn't have a drummer. I mean, uh, drums. So the guy got a garbage pail and he was banging. But it was they, they they actually played that one night together though at the Bowery, right? Didn't you guys with Revolution? Yeah, we we met them. They were playing. Yeah, it was freaking like awesome. What happened? You know, I haven't heard from No in a long time. Oh, he's he he just sent sent us a happy Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, by and, the way. And I haven't heard from Alga either. Noah Alga. That's okay. They're not on my Facebook page. They don't do Facebook too much, but you can find them on Instagram. Yeah. Anyway, you guys. So that Matt is. Matty is from the FMs. They got FMs. A, they're like rocking. So first of all, he's in New York City, and we met him in New York City. Yep. But one thing that you'll find is cool is he also lives in Ithaca. Ithaca. Yeah, 
I moved to Ithaca this year. My friend, I have a friend up there, Linda Sagan, Carl Sagan's ex-wife. Oh, Linda nice. And yeah, her son, and, and, her, Cornell and, and her son lives up there also. Uh, Josh, I think it's the same as. No, Jimmy, I think you and I chatted about that a little bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. so like, why why the move from the city to Ithaca? Cold, freezing, snowy, God, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why I moved there, actually, you know, I just. Ugh, uh, you're nuts. I love, like, you know, dark, snowy places, so. Oh, well, I. He, <laughs> I, I, the last time I was there was in August, and it was dark, snowy, and cold. <laughs> we yeah. went to well, actually, in the, in the summertime, it's an amazing place to be. I, I live about 10 minutes away from about 100 waterfalls over there. Yeah, no, it is beautiful. It's really cool. It's, it's a really unique place. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a lot of people kind of moved out of the city this year um, that, you know, were friends of mine, which is sad in itself. But I'm kind of entering a new chapter in my life where I'm kind of kind of being, uh, you know, Farmer Maddie now, you know, and um, <laughs> I, I live animals. Do you have animals on the farm? No, no, we, we don't really. I'm not actually a farmer, but I live in a, <laughs> I live in a rural area and uh, we do have pets and stuff. But I, um, I lived in, you know, I grew up in Greenwich Village. I lived in Greenwich Village in Brooklyn my entire life. So this is really the first time I've ever lived outside New York City. And so far I'm loving it. Um, there's just a lot of space. It's really beautiful up there. Um, I, uh, am building a music studio. So I'll have like a really nice, you know, music studio that I get to like, you know, play around in a lot. And, and Ithaca is a, um, really kind of interesting geographical place, because if you look at uh, a map, you'll see that it, it, you kind of imagine every major city in the Northeast as kind of the numbers on a clock. Ithaca would be at the center of it. So it's not more than, it's basically three to six hours from every major city in the Northeast. As we we, we, we so have very, very three to six hours away from like Toronto, Montreal, Boston, Pittsburgh, New York yeah. City, uh, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C. Good, good. Less than six hours away from all those places. So it's a good yeah. place to base yourself for doing like regional tours and stuff, too. Yeah, so. that, that's our, actually we, really we have good, good friends of ours. But the uh, my main reason for moving there, though, was for, for love. They, oh, so you moved, you moved there for love. That's good. You moved there for love, yeah. Which is the best reason to do anything, I think. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I actually, actually, I, well, I was with him and, like, I moved to Boca for love. <laughs> no, cool. we have friends who live in, where do they live? Lake Geneva. Lake Geneva. Uh, okay. Which isn't that far from Ithaca because I know that we went to Ithaca from there. So it was like an hour drive or something, right? And, I don't know. Uh, Maybe it's close to Canada, and we used to go every summer for Fourth of July when we lived in Pennsylvania, and nice. uh, and it was super like cool. So like I loved the whole thing. That's think, cool. Yeah, I think well, it was, I was in Los Angeles too. I was kind of near y'all. I um just just went out there to shoot a music video with this incredible video artist. I'm really unbelievably excited about it. You came to LA? Yeah, I was just in LA. I just I just got back on Monday morning. Um, we're working with this guy, Matt Maharan, out there, um, who is honestly the best vi music video artist I've ever seen in my life. He's unbelievable, the work that he does. And um, he just, his, the latest video that he just did was actually for Marilyn Manson. Uh, he did a song uh, called We Are Chaos for him. And uh, he does a lot of work for Tom Waits and just really a lot of really cool musicians. So it was really an amazing um opportunity for us to get to work with him and uh he just was really enthusiastic about the project um i think that 
for him, it was just a very, you know, this song that we wrote that we're making the video for is called uh, Song X. And um, it's uh, about uh, gender fluidity, basically, and just the whole idea of, um, you know, growing up as a genderqueer person and the, the, all the, all those subtle little pressures that society puts on you to sort of conform to the gender that you were assigned to birth. And, um, I think that song really spoke to him and, and, uh, we worked together to make this amazing thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm just so, really super excited about that right now. So you have a new song too, that's out called annihilation denial that you did with miss cherry delight. And you brought up Marilyn Manson, and I, I read in her bio that she was influenced by, like, Marilyn Manson and the Jenna Tortures, and uh, I forgot who the other one was. Yeah. Um, um, yeah oh, oh, and uh, Nine Inch Nails. And so when I lived in Fort Lauderdale, when I lived in Fort Lauderdale, I had a clothing store, and I used to go clubbing all the time when I was younger. And we used to hang out with Marilyn Manson before he was Marilyn Manson. Yeah. You know, when he was just Brian Warner, we would all hang out at the same clubs. And and then I had a clothing store, and the Jenna Torturers used to shop in my clothing store. Oh, really? All the time, because we sold. We had a section for fetish wear and stuff like that. And uh, fetish parties were really, really big in Fort Lauderdale back. I don't know. I guess that's a long time, like fifteen or twenty years ago. You know, they were a very popular thing. Yeah. And um, so all the cool bands like that, uh, Nine Inch Nails didn't come in, but like Wednesday Thirteen and um. Let's see, uh, Dead Star Assembly. I don't know. All these like really cool bands would always come shopping, you know, and then they would play all the clubs around us. So, so I brought that up just because Miss Cherry Delight said that, and you mentioned Marilyn Manson before. But you guys have a new single called Annihilation Denial. First of all, tell us how you met Miss Cherry Delight, because like I actually like watched all her videos and and listened to all her music on YouTube this week because I knew you were coming on just because I wasn't familiar with her before you introduced me to her. Yeah, um, yeah. No, she's not a drag queen, but she's like a burlesque rock performer in all the clubs in New York. So you might have actually heard of her. No? Yeah, yeah. She's uh she's she she kind of um you know comes from a, a burlesque sort of theater background. And she's also this incredible singer and this incredible musician and this incredible lyricist and this incredible performer. Um so we were really uh, lucky to get to work with her. Um we we've become uh, very close friends. Uh, we met actually at a concert that um, she was doing burlesque at and the FMs were performing at um, in the city. And uh, yeah, we just really hit it off. You know, I kind of gave, I, I walked up to her afterwards and I said, Hey, I, you know, you seem like you're really having a lot of fun in the audience. Would you like a free t-shirt? <laughs> and then we just became like really good friends ever since, you know? So that's, that's sort of how that happened. So you guys, they have a new video. It's called Annihilation Denial. It's a single and a video. Uh, you can find out more about it if you go to the, uh, what is it? The fmsmusic.com. Yeah, that's our website. FM's music yeah. on, you can just Google it on, you can Google it on, uh, youtube and you can watch it it's uh it's a very politically charged single about climate change denial which you know some people think that's a real thing and some people don't but it's a very encapsulating video that i think everybody would like whether you like it whether you believe it or not the video is freaking like awesome and i think people will really like it i think on a, on a deeper level the the song is is about the the psychology of humanity addressing you know this problem that's gonna be you know, on apocalyptic scale, but in like 30 years from now, right? Like, and just like, how do we grapple, you know, as humanity with problems like that, that aren't today's problems necessarily, although climate change are today's problems in a lot of ways, 
but they're really, really going to be such massive problems, you know, the, the longer we, we drag this out for, you know, and in 30 years from right now, the projections are that like New York City, Mumbai, all these coastal cities are going to be completely underwater, you know, and just we have all, all kinds of today's problems, you know, like Trump trying to take over our freaking democracy and trying to trying to basically, you know, stage keep, a coup. I mean, he's trying to keep, stage a coup. Keep the politics out. Keep the up things, right? You know? But, we got to keep the politics out of it, though, because we don't do politics. Uh, climate change is different, but let's not do pol- Trump or Biden things because we get in a lot of trouble. Either way, it doesn't matter who says what. We always get fucked. Well, <laughs> the point that I'm trying to make is that, is that basically, you know, whatever. That's just my opinion, you know. But the point is, is that we have problems that we're really focused on that are today's current event problems. And so what the song yes. is really about is just about our – you know, push our, our basically our procrastination as a society, you know, with dealing with tomorrow's problems. Um, and so that, that's on a deeper level what this song is about, you know. Um, and it, it kind of it kind of goes back to our roots a little bit. I think, you know, we were talking a little bit about indu- the industrial world. And I kind of grew up listening to a lot of that stuff. I idolize people like Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails, you know, and and, and that whole world, that whole universe of industrial stuff. And I think as a band, we started to kind of move away from it a little bit. We sort of started, you know, saying like, all right, this is, that's a great thing, whatever. But I think that we want to be kind of beyond that a little bit. We want to be, you know, a little bit like more with the pulse of things that are going on today and not sort of like fu- only fully immersed in that world. But, um, but this song kind of brings us back to that. This is probably our fastest, heaviest Song I love it. Ever released and definitely our angriest song that we've ever released. So it's that it's I wanna, a little bit going back to our roots, and it was just amazing to get to work with Cherry on it too. I love it. Everybody needs to listen to it. I want to remind Ron too something. First of all, you don't get to uh, uh, like because because uh, Ron was so excited when we thought we were going to do a party on your boat, uh, and and so like this is the guy. The uh, just to make sure you remember, Ron, um, they did I the. They did the uh, Ferry Boat Concert Series, kink parties with fire performance and burlesque and hook suspensions and all that shit. So is that that's I I know with COVID, you can't do that. Is that something that will come back in the future or is that something kind of like that was another uh, uh, before this development of how you guys have moved forward? Everybody we spoke to said it was a sex boat. (laughs) People were on that boat having sex. And I said, really? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have to go on a boat to have sex on the East River. <laughs> you could just cruise the edge of East River. It's so cruisy there. I mean, you don't need a boat. I don't, oh, you, you, I, you don't know if you've cruised the East River in a long time. Maybe it used to be like that a little bit, but you know, the city's gotten so gentrified. And unfortunately, I don't think enough people have sex on the edges of the East River anymore. It's just a sad fact of New York City. <laughs> rumored <laughs> i never partook i lived on long island you got oh we should also give a shout out to miss cherry delight because hopefully they'll listen to this and frankie rex yeah because uh, uh, we we met frankie uh at the bowery bowery electric is that what that place was called the bowery electric or the bowery or yeah, something yeah, yeah. yep uh, ba- Bowery Electric. Yeah, Bowery Electric. Yeah. I, I, we miss, we kind of miss some of that, that fun stuff, that New York City stuff, living here in California, because we're like in the desert, and we miss our friends mostly. Yeah, we miss seeing like Eileen and Billy Hess and all the people that we that we met actually by going to your show. That's how we all became yeah. friends. I going, mean, yeah, to, yeah, 
going to those shows. I, Ike Avelli and Tim Moss and the rest of those crazy right. bastards. I love, I love it. Just to answer your question from before, I you know we we were able to do that whole series on the boat, which was it's such an amazing thing. We kind of like combined live music with fetish parties, and we had like a dungeon in the in the bottom of the boat that we were you know hosting people to to play with one another and connect with one another in that in that sort of way, and um, just really kind of trying to like you know be this kind of cultural magnet of, of if, if you will, you know, and I think that it. You know, I, I don't know if that party necessarily will come back, but I think that it's really kind of cool as an artist sometimes to just like create your own way, you know, um, you, you, to, to really form your own community, you know, really form your own culture, you know, and movement, if you will. You know, it's it's um, it's kind of boring and shitty sometimes to just have to kind of like play by the rules and, you know, just go to these like set places and you know, play these, these, you know, set stages and, and things. And, you know, it's a, I just really want to be able to, you know, sometimes. Do whatever you want to do. You're not the first to have sex on barges. Cleopatra did that way before you. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Cleopatra. Okay. So then you, okay. you, you moved to Ithaca for love um, does does the love that you move for totally like dig the music and all the stuff that you're doing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm really lucky that I have very supportive partners. Um, I'm in a uh, a triad with two other wonderful people. I remember that you told us that when you were at the kink party, I think, before, didn't you or no? Well, I've always been polyamorous, but I think probably when I... M- my these these partners and I have been in a committed relationship for about a year and a half. So I think that may have been before. It was very okay. No, I think you were on like a year. Uh, when it when it when it night. Uh, anyway, because I I already knew that. Why don't you clean that? Clean, not clean. Why don't you clear that up for the squares that are listening? If they're tell us what squares. polyamorous is for the because people in the chat room. They don't know what it is. Half of them do, and half of them are putting funny yeah, faces. They don't get it. They don't. They don't know what it is. So give give it to us. Uh, yeah, polyamory is just very simply um, being somebody who's predisposed towards um, having more than one partner or more than one romantic love in your life. Um, I think that, you know, for me, I think the definition is even more open-ended than that. It's just people who don't just default to monogamy, you know, to just assume that there's, um, you know, the way that you go about romance in your life is just as well person and that's that in uh, in my day that was called you're a whore <laughs> <laughs> nowadays it's what is it called <laughs> polyamorous polyamorous yeah but it's okay. actually it's still... so when i was young i was very polyamorous no 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 <laughs> but that's different you know because you know there's all kinds of different relationships so you you might be somebody that likes to you know, be promiscuous with a lot of people sexually. But in my case, you know, I'm in a loving, committed relationship with two other people. So you guys, it's just the three of you instead of the two of you. Instead of being with one person, you're with two people. And you're, you like, guys... a, you're like the Quakers. Yeah. And the one, old of, one of my two partners also has an additional partner. So there's kind of three of us, sometimes four of us. Oh, wow. So when you meet, you sing, hail, hail, the gang's all here. <laughs> what the, right? No, it That's sounds good. Movie, I mean, actually, yeah. Everybody, in particular, yep. Listen, everybody <laughs> has a right to what 
makes them happy. And no one should judge it or, or discuss it in, in a bad way. Um, we're all equal. We all have our opinions and our choices and our wants and our likes. And we respect yours also. And how did you find So how did you meet them? You met them in, you met them in New York? I uh, met them at a uh, festival, actually. And so were they already living in Ithaca or did they were in New York and you guys all moved to Ithaca together? They were already in Ithaca. Okay. How cool. Well, I, if I met Jason Stateman. Statham. Statham. And if I met um, George Clooney, and if I met a few others, I could be in a relationship like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> he probably doesn't know who Jason is. You, know, you don't know who Jason's statement is? As long as you and Jimmy are happy about it, then, you know. Well, I wouldn't be happy, but I, I just picked out three of the hunkiest guys in the world. <laughs> for you, the hunkiest, not for me. No, all the, hey. Who are the hunkiest for you? Everybody in the room, would you agree with me? Who do you want to be polyamorous with? I don't want to be polyamorous with anything, but my favorite people are like... He's been polyamorous all his life. He just had to cut it out when he married No, that's not true. (laughs) He was the big whore. I was a big whore. Um, but but uh, now I'm not poly anything. I'm monogamous. Uh, but I do. I, you know what? Now I like now he's browbeat. I like older guys. So like they would have to be. So what do you do? By the way, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with being a whore too. I have a lot of friends that are sex workers and really enjoy their profession. And we know a lot of them too. Actually, yeah. We actually had Seika on the show one time, and she made us an awesome ringtone. And unfortunately, <laughs> I had many friends that were very promiscuous. And they're all gone due to AIDS. So yeah. So please, so please play safely. Yeah, play safely, folks. Yeah. Remember, AIDS is not cured. So so let's go back to the FMs, you guys. So the new single, the name is Annihilation Denial. Uh, the video is the FM. It's the FMs and Miss Cherry Delight. The video is freaking awesome. It's really really cool. You can follow the FMs on uh, Twitter at at the FMs Music. Um, what about like? Are you on? Do you do uh, like Instagram and all those other things? Oh yeah. Absolutely. So you the FM's music every FM's music everywhere? Uh sometimes it's the FM, sometimes it's the FM's music. So on Instagram, we're actually just the FM's. The FM's. Oh, Goddess joined us too. Hey, Goddess. Hey, baby. How are you? There you go. Uh, also, then you guys, um, uh, you can go to uh this is something I have never actually done. So I went all through your website today, knowing that you were coming on the show. You can cool. go on to the fmsmusic.com. And uh, click shop, and they have these awesome ass T-shirts. They have like condoms T-shirts and tampons T-shirts, and they're it's awesome. It's so freaking awesome. It's not. It's like a tampon with the string hanging down. It's like freaking like awesome. And then they have another one, and it's a bunch of condoms like all opened and unrolled, like hanging down. And they have T-shirts and like sweatshirts and tank tops and all kinds of shit. And it is. I mean, if you want like a holiday gifts. Holiday yes, if you gift, right? need a holiday gift, you need to go to the fms.com, fmsmusic.com and hit the shop button. First of all, if you want something that's going to like just be cool like a a conversation piece if you're going, I mean I wouldn't wear it to like your mom's house, but if you're going to like go into a concert or a party or something and you wear like, you know, a t-shirt with like a, a tampon hanging Excuse down with a string. Me. It's Look, like way cool. Please. You should talk. Well, I want to I want to tell you Wait, guys. Hang on, hang, hang, hang on, hang on. When Jimmy Starr did clothing he had a lot of the clothing in the warehouse, and I went to pick out clothes. And what did I see? Fuck you, T-shirts. Eat me, T-shirts. I have a big dick, T-shirts. You had to see the most disgusting <laughs> shit he had all over his Gay t-shirt. for pay, I Gay had. For, and they sold like crazy. <laughs> so so these, are, these are like a whole different vibe, essentially. But 
these uh these shirts are, are really great too because so first of all all the all the all the profits from all of that merch is going to the uh, black trans travel fund uh so it's it's actually all of the all the proceeds from that is going to charity and uh it's a special campaign that we worked with this amazing artist star callahan who's a, a really young artist that we met in new york city um she's also a poc person a trans person and um we um yeah just like had this amazing collaboration with her and um just um yeah like i i, I really if, if you're looking for a really cool oh one other thing about them it's all organic uh all organically made stuff too so if you're looking for a really great holiday gift it's really good stuff to to get right now we're, we're really hoping to sell some more of those <clears throat> Many, many millions of years ago, I met the first trans girl. Pat Michaels was her name. And she had a big stamp. And in Manhattan, she'd stamp on every corner. Pat Michaels was here. Pat Michaels was here. Now, one night, we're leaving uptown, going down the village to a gay bar. A whole bunch of us in a cab. And she got in the cab, and the guy said, hey, you're a cute drag queen. Well, she went nuts. She said, I'm not a drag queen. I'm a woman. He said, no, you're not. You're a man. He said, no, I'm not. I'm a woman. Well, he proceeded to spread his legs, pull his panties down, and say, look, I'm really a woman. We almost hit a pole. The cab driver went, I'm serious. The cab driver didn't know what to say. He said, oh, ma'am, I'm so sorry. Apologize. I'm so sorry. She said, it's okay. Just don't ever say it again. Know a lady when you see one. (laughs) (laughs) And that was Pat Michaels. Unfortunately, for some reason, she took her life. I don't know why. I understand that after she became a woman, she didn't want to be a woman. She became a lesbian. I don't understand that either. But something flipped out in her head. She just wanted to be gay. not, not mm. She didn't want to be straight. And being a woman, she was straight. Um, I talk for trannies. I shouldn't say trans. I'm allowed to say trannies. Straight people can't. But I, <laughs> I, 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 speak, I speak up for trannies because I have so many tranny friends. Gorgeous, too. I mean, beautiful. beautiful. I, yeah, it, it's, um, you know, that that's a really sad story. But I feel like it's, one one good thing about what's sort of happening in our culture right now is that we're recognizing that, you know, gender identity is a spectrum, right? And so it's not like, oh, okay, you're either a boy or a girl or you're a girl that wants to be a boy or a boy that wants to be a girl. You really can be anything you want to identify as yourself. There's not like a category of something that you have to be or not be. And and sexual orientation is the same way, right? And and whether you're predisposed to love just one partner or many partners is another, you know. It's, it's, it's everybody's choice. People are starting to realize now that there's, there's – um, there's options, you know, you don't have to be one thing or another thing. And it's, it's hard to, to figure out your own sexuality sometimes when you know that you're divergent from what the norm is, you know, and for many of us, myself included, we've had a journey throughout our lives to kind of figure it out. And, you know, I've, you know, just had so many steps along the way in that process that maybe I'm still figuring out. How how old are you? How old are you? If you don't mind saying 34. 34. How'd you like to be 80 like me and live in 1955 when if they suspected you were gay, you were put in jail, beaten up by most, um, hated. Actually, that happened. Wait, called horrible names, treated like a third class citizen. 
it was hell then. Today, it's wonderful. Everybody can be who they are. Look at me on television now saying I'm gay. Years ago, they would have kicked us off the air. We yeah. are the first gay man. They would have kicked you off too, Matty. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have to I burn me at the stake. Wait, I want to brag. Yes. I want to brag about us. Yeah. Jimmy Starr and I were the first gay married couple 10 years ago to come on television and not be kicked off. And vocal so, and be vocal about it. And be vocal about it because people liked us. I, and people saw us and they said, you know, these gay people are nice people. They're not demons. And, and they're not going to rob our three-year-old kids and screw them. You know, and those those ideas are going away. We're starting to really get smart and know that everybody okay. has a right Hang to on. be who they want. So first of all, I want to tell you, too, because we only have a minute. Uh, in the chat room, they're all saying that they think you have great compassion and they love yeah. the story and everything that Absolute, you're saying. Absolutely. So you guys also then please support. So Matt's band, you know, they're an indie band. Please support the band. Check out um, the FMsmusic.com if you want to buy any cool art art t-shirts or anything else that they've got and yes, just support them in social a, media. Wait, you must have a condom, not a condom. I like the other one. But the tampon. The tampon t-shirt. <laughs> and uh, support the band. The name of the song is Annihilation Denial. Go on YouTube, Google DFM's music, Annihilation D Denial. You can also put Miss Cherry Delight and you can see uh, the video. It's really, really an impressive video. How old is hey, thanks so much. Thanks so much for having us on. And Ron, I just want to, you oh, know, wait, us young, us young queers, we owe people like you a debt of gratitude. You know, you well, pay. You're, you, you're standing you on our shoulders. You know, you're yeah, standing. We are. Absolutely. We we made it good for you. We fought like hell. We did. I, I fought all my life. I fought with, alongside my black friends. We gotta my go. Gay we gotta friends. go. We gotta go. Anyway, Cherry Delight is she older and played in the village a lot years ago? She's the same age as me. Oh no, oh, no it'll be a different I, one. Be so a, you guys there check was out, a drag queen whose name was Cherry Delight. Check out check out Annihilation Denial, you guys. Go to the fmsmusic.com. Maddie, uh, congratulations on the new single. Congratulations really on your whole life and your life choices. I hope everything is perfect for you, and I hope you guys have a wonderful, beautiful, fabulous, snowy filled Christmas. Yes. Thank you. you too. Oh, and I'm, and oh, I want to teach you we won't have the snow part. And I, I want to teach you something. If you don't like me and what I do, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I like you, Ron. <laughs> no, hey, I mean, he's saying that for you, for, too. For, for anybody. You. I'm, for te anybody. I'm teaching it to you. You walk proud. I walk proud. People say, oh, you walk like a queer. I say, fuck you. And I keep walking. I'm a star. Get out of my way. <laughs> Who are you, you Just like nothing. you, Matty. All you're, right, you guys. You're nothing. I'm a star. Get out of my way. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay, Good, Good seeing you again. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Next week's our Christmas show. We've got great yeah. celebrity lineup. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see you guys next week. Chat room, thanks for being so wonderful. And everybody, have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay happy. Bye, everybody. In the mix, yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Come and watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Russell.